Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, RTUers. Just want to thank you for listening to the podcast as we enter Season 3. And also let you know that you can download the latest RTU podcast directly to your iPhone or iPad or iPod by clicking on the iTunes link on the main Blog Talk Radio Ready to Unload page. Click on that. That subscribes you to our feed. Every time you plug in your device, you get the latest episode of Ready to Unload. We'd love you to do it. In the meantime, enjoy this episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sampy. Everybody and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Radio Podcast. Coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York as well. Dumpling Sound Studios 2 for me. Comac Studio for Cal. We haven't named it yet. Maybe this year, maybe in season three. It is the uh, 5th of January 2012. First episode of season three of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Uh, we are going to be talking sports for the next hour and a half to two hours. Going to be talking about other stuff, too. Whatever floats our boat, hits our fancy. Just two guys hanging out, leaving it all out there. Pants optional, as always. And uh, so let's get right to the fun. We uh, we may be joined by our producer a little later, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ, who's also a f- frequent contributor to the show, Cal. Frequent contributor. Oh yeah, he's more than just a producer. Yeah, I mean he's more than just your average, you know, producer. He's he's a frequent contributor, but it is his birthday, so we may not see him tonight. He's out to dinner. He's probably having a number of scotches. We don't know. Uh, but let's officially welcome in my partner for this ready to unload program, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Cal other cliches. <laughs> Calvi, hi Cal. Hello, Steve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy healthy to you and yours. Yes, as as to you. Um, I was hoping the New Year would bring some new cliches. I see that hasn't happened. Yeah, but it did bring a new intro. It did. Got like that. Yes. Uh, and also uh, a new intro music. Uh, we're doing a lot of things. Cal, honestly, uh, this year is going to be really exciting for the show. I, I think there's a couple of places that we'll wind up going. 
um, and uh, hopefully get some more uh, visibility. But the main thing is I am excited to be uh, still doing this show. This is our third season. And we started it in December of 2009. Here we are in January of 2012. It's a long time. And uh, I don't care if everybody listens, nobody listens. It doesn't make a difference to me. I have a great time doing it week in and week out with you and just getting to talk sports with my good buddy. So well, uh, the, the feeling is mutual, and, and I am also super excited for, for this year. Which is funny when you think of the teams that we root for. What what really is there to be excited about? But it was uh, 2011 unmitigated disaster. I mean, it wasn't even mitigated. Nothing could mitigate the disaster that this year was for us uh, who root for the Mets, the Jets, the Islanders. Mm. Uh, we're going to get to that later because uh, in the fun load, Cal, I want to do uh, our 2012 sports resolutions. Okay. So think of something like, I want to lose 20 pounds on the Jets. <laughs> something, yeah. I, vow, I, I, I resolve to do 10 exciting new experiences while watching a Met game. We combine them. We combine them. Oh, I see what you've done there. Okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write more. <laughs> while while watching the Islanders, <laughs> what are some other what are some other ridiculously the, the uh, lose pounds one is the classic. Uh, yeah, lose twenty pounds. I and I spoke to I, I don't know if you know people that uh, that go to the gym, but they said it was such a cliche this week that the gym was packed, packed with people. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go to the gym uh, at City Field. Right. That's the way to combine them. I don't know. Finally, going to tackle that basement. With the Jets. With the Jets. While wearing a jet. While wearing a Yeah. <laughs> is there a Jack LaLanne at City Field? Might as well be. They, they they could use all the help they can get, right? Am I right? Only, Am I right about that? Only the Mets. Only the Mets. I, I resolve in this year to come up with 17 or 18 more cliches about the Mets. <laughs> only the Mets. Only the Mets. Wow. Hey, the Mets signed Scott Harrison today. Only the Mets. Mets. Yep. Let's start planning the World Series parade now. Oh, boy. Yep. Canyon of Heroes. Here we come. Anyway, uh, Cal, uh, your New Year's was good, I take it, brother? Yeah. We've been, we've been talking. Let's not pretend like we haven't been talking. Right. This is the first time we've talked in two weeks. Right. Let's let's not pretend <laughs> that we haven't been IMing, uh, BlackBerry IMing like uh, speed freaks uh, for oh. three weeks now. All week. Let's Especially not, this week. Let's not pretend it. That's, that's just a charade. That's, again, with the new year, let's do away with the charades, you know, <laughs> with all this made-for-TV nonsense. That's right. All right, let's get real. Let's get here. <laughs> right? Did you just quote the beginning of the real world? I think I might have. The original real world? The original one, right. So how many other shows are we going to rip off now in season three? <laughs> <laughs> well, season three is traditionally the jump the shark year. Everybody knows that. That's right. As we were joking the other day, we're definitely going to add a little brother character, right? So we have to we have to add a sibling, an adorable little little guy that looks nothing like us, right? A right. A, uh, a Brian Bonsall. A uh, they added a girl on Growing Pains, right? Growing Pains was the exact opposite of Family Ties. Uh, Growing Pains added well, they had a baby. They didn't really add a. They had a baby. What did Family Ties? Oh, that's true. And then they added DiCaprio. Right, but out of nowhere, Growing Pains added or Family Ties added Andy, Brian Bonsall. 
for those right? you're playing at home. Uh, Growing Pains added a little girl. Yes. Right? I and don't then, remember her name. No. Never heard from again. Boy, if only we had somebody who was really versed in <sighs> pop culture that was on the show a lot. But Cal, yeah. here's the thing about Growing Pains. We'll tie it into the sports. Okay, segue. Segue us. One, before we segue, one, family. it was the opposite of family ties, right? So it was designed to be like a poor man's family ties. In that Mike Seaver is the dumb one. He's the oldest. And right. uh, what's her name? Tracy Gold. Carol. Carol is the smart one. Family Ties, Alex P. Keaton is the smart one. Mallory is the dumb one. Right. Third child on Family Ties is a girl, Jennifer. Third child on Growing Pains, a boy, uh, Ben. Both blonde. Both blonde, both adorable. Let's be honest. At first, and then went through an awkward, awkward. adolescence. Very, very, very awkward. I oh, always thought those two kids should have gotten together. Maybe another that. time? Yeah. Tina Yothers became like a hardcore punk bassist or something like that. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, the one from, from Full House who played... Uh, Sweet? The, Are you talking? Jody Sweeten Sweet. became a hardcore meth addict. Which which is even worse than a hardcore bassist in a punk band. Right. Punk and I'm not joking about that either. That's 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 the God's honest truth. You she could really have, fell on some hard times. You could have a complete party. Well, I mean, E you know, ETV has made a living on well, yeah. You know what has happened to childhood stars. But again, growing pains, family ties, inverse of each other. Then they bring in a young kid. Uh, they both bring in children, a boy and a girl. To spice things up, but baseball, Cal. Well, but and also both shows featured a Canadian actor. That's correct. That's correct. Which prominently, near and dear to my heart. That's right. Eh? Uh, for those of you who don't know, Cal, a quarter French Canadian, a right. quarter, a quarter Canuck. Can I say that? Is that derogatory? No, you can say it to me. Actually, you can't say it, but I can. That's, that's right. That's how it works. Uh, uh, but what were what were uh, what was their last name on uh, Growing Pains? Oh well, well they were the Seavers, and their next door neighbor were the Kuzmans. That's right. And were they not also the Matlacks? I believe at some point. The... <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I'm not I don't kidding. remember that. There was another. The, the, the obviously the show's creators were big Met fans. That's true. They were. They were. Uh, it was based on Long Island. Yep. And. It, it, at least I know Matlack was in there. The Kuzmans were in there, obviously. Um, the, they were the Seavers. There was, I think, there was even another. There may have been the Crane Pools. May have been. I don't believe that. Is that true? Believe what you want to believe, my friend. Which family did uh, Boner Stabone belong to? Well, what was his father's name? You don't remember what was his name actually? Uh, Richard. His name was Richard Stabone, right? Right. His father's name was Sylvester. <laughs> was it really? Absolutely true. I remember the <laughs> I remember the episode like it was yesterday. Oh, that's great. Sylvester Stabone. And Boner's character goes, "Who knew?" Right. Because uh, Ben or Mike goes, "Your father's name is Sylvester Stabone." And he goes, "Well, who knew?" <laughs> that's great. 
And uh, last bit on this, Matthew Perry on both on both shows. Matthew Perry was on Growing Pains. He was on Growing Pains. Uh, didn't he have AIDS? Or something like oh or no, I wasn't. Oh yeah, you know you're right. I was thinking of the other one, uh, Just the Ten of Us, which he appeared on. Oh. He appeared on many of them. I think he was on both both of those. Uh, family I think ties. He was on family ties and Growing Pains. I, I feel like that might have been guys. No, towards the end. Oh, maybe. Towards the end. Hey, Courtney Cox was there. Early Friends reunion. That's right. He, meanwhile, Schwimmer's going nuts on Wonder Years. It was like a pre-union because they hadn't quite met yet. Not right. You would have to be re if you're going to do a reunion. That's right. Uh, Cal, ready for the big unload here? Sure. Do it. Uh, been saving up. Uh. I, you know, I find that hard to believe because you have unloaded quite a bit this week, and yet you've been saving up. You tell me. I, it's been I, – I can't I, – I, going through what has happened the last few weeks on the Jets, we're going to big unload on the Jets, and we are going to talk about the Giants later and the NFL playoffs. Absolutely. The Giants will get their due. They have earned that, and uh, they absolutely will get their due. We didn't speak after the Jets lost to the Giants. That's the last time we've done this, right? It was before that? It was before the Jet-Giant game. Oh, my. And the wheels completely came off the Jets season. I'm going to say this. I have two things to say about the collapse of the Jets, the calamity in the locker room, the unrest, the discord, uh, Rex Ryan losing the team. Now, I don't think I've ever seen more of a uh, New York media dogpile the rabbit for a team. Oof. Then we're wow. seeing now with the Jets, but both by the local media and the national media. And you know what? They got it coming. They do have it coming. They do. Okay. You can't talk that much for the first two years. And we're going to get into that, how Rex Ryan can change, Brian, because you and I have very differing opinions on this. If he can change at all. I had an hour and a half conversation with uh, – or about an hour conversation with Big Paul yesterday, Cal. Really? Yeah, I had to uh, drive out to Jersey for something, and so I had some time to kill. I was sitting in traffic, and we just—I should have recorded it. It would have been like—I would love to hear his thoughts on this because it would—it would have been like Francesa doing a spot and then like playing it at five (laughs) o'clock. No, it's like I could have recorded the whole thing. We could have stopped the show at ten o'clock and played the hour. It would have required though PJ leaning very heavily on the beat button. If there is a man that has less patience with a team than Big Pauly, <laughs> I have yet to meet him. Yeah, he's had it. He's had it. I mean, when things go good, he's waiting for the bottom to fall out. That's right. But the first thing I, uh, I want to get to is, uh, I know it's a dog pile the rabbit situation. I know they have this coming. Okay, but right now, anybody who's even remotely associated with the Jets any time in the last 35 years is coming out and giving their commentary on the 2011 team. Uh, okay, enough. Like I texted you today, Cal. I, I'm wonder. I can't wait for JoJo Townsell to jump ESPN Radio and tell me about that. Even though he played for the Jets 17 years ago, this team was fractured, and they should right. release Antonio Holmes. Right. They need to cut him immediately. Right. So that's and and Brian, that's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. Well, we're well. Why don't Why don't you? Second don't point you, is why don't you lay this out on the table and then we'll right. hit them. Second point is just everybody needs to shut up about the Jets shutting up. 
Like, like if I, it's like the trendy thing to say. Well, if they just shut their mouths, they have to shut their mouths. They just have to shut up and play. They got to shut up and play, shut up and play, shut up. Okay, here's my statement. Shut your mouth about the Jets shutting their mouth. Shut up and let them shut up. That's what I'm going to go with. How's that? It's, oh, okay. I don't know about that. No, no, honestly, people that are Bears fans or whatever, you know, fans of other teams, fans that could care about the Jets, coming up to me on the street and telling me, on the, <laughs> you know, your team should just shut up and play. They never won anything. Shut up and play. Okay, I got it. I, th- I think they get it. Shut up about shutting up. What's the, what's the, from the cartoon, Cal? Shut up and start shutting up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I can I can shut up real good, Muggsy. I can shut up real good. I'll show you how I shut up, Muggsy. I'll show you shit up and that shit and that's the clip I should have found. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I agree with that to a point, but I also have to agree with your first statement that they've got it coming. They yep. ran their mouths for three years, and, and the fall was going to be hard. We knew it was going to be. And you could see it coming back in 2009 that this that when things went south with this team – they were going to go south in a bad way, and that's where we are right now. And they're, they only finished 8-8 eight and eight this year, Steve. God forbid they go 6-10, and ten. I, you know? I know. Although, although, if you look at the schedule, one can argue that they should have gone 6-10 and ten because the Cowboy win didn't count because oh. it was on a block punt. Let's not, do the, let's not, do, <laughs> let's not go through their for, uh, schedule Francesa style All right. and discount wins because he didn't feel they earned the win. Right, and the Jacksonville game didn't count because they didn't play a, an NFL team. Correct. Right, and, so that's and they're down to six already. The Chiefs game didn't count because they hadn't gotten Orton in yet. Right, that's five. That's five. Anyway, <laughs> regardless. But 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 my my point is all of this uh, all of this turmoil that's going on. It's with an eight and eight team coming off two trips to the AFC Championship game. This is not a team that has finished in last place for three years. All right, they're twenty-eight and twenty over the last three years, and thirty-two and thirty-two and twenty-two overall. Right, I can't even I can't even imagine what this would be like if if they had had a worse year. But that's not even the point because this is considered the worst possible year because of their talk. Because if you guarantee that the team is going to win the Super Bowl, right, and you have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations because you're coming off two straight back to back or two straight AFC Championship game appearances. Then this is they might as well have been four and twelve. Can you? But no, no playoffs is the disaster there, Cal. Well, yeah, sure. But correct me if I'm wrong. I don't recall anybody picking the Jets to go to the Super Bowl, much less win it this year. Coming into the season, I can remember one guy, Gary Myers. Oh, okay. Myers picked them to go to the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Okay. So he so that went well for him. That worked um, out good. Uh, let's take this point by point. All right. The things that we've talked about uh, over the last week or whatever on BlackBerry IM and and this idea of – so Santonio Holmes takes himself out of that game. And we were watching that happen. Like I was texting him. I'm like, I think Holmes is out of the game. I think he's on the bench. Why is he on the – this is bizarre. What is happening? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Ryan has been killed for not knowing what was going on in the field. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with killing him for that. I don't think you you know I heard his explanation in his Michael K interview, and I don't think you can kill him for that. I don't think that means he's not paying attention to the offense. I think there are plenty of other things and reasons that he's not paying attention to the offense. 
But when it comes to that, you know, his explanation was sound to me. Because when he was told that Santonio Holmes is not in the game, he doesn't care why he's in the game, why he's not in the game. He doesn't have time at that point. He's trying to manage the clock, save timeouts, uh, uh, or they were out of timeouts. So he's trying to manage. The, he doesn't care what play is called. Then he's trying to manage the clock. That's it. You know what I mean? So if, if somebody comes up to him and says Santonio Holmes is out of the game, I don't think it's a big deal that with a minute forty and a season dwindling away, he didn't turn and ask why. Could be an injury, could be anything. Now we we learned later it was because Schottenheimer took him out of the game because of his attitude. But Brian, I, I I'm not going to kill him for that. I will kill him. <laughs> wow, that was like uh, Thunderdome. <laughs> I will kill him. Um, I I I can get on his case for how do you not have the pulse of this team? How has this been going on with Holmes since you released Derek Mason? And you thought you had everything worked out because you released Derek Mason. When meanwhile, guys are saying this has been going on with Holmes all year. All year. So it's not just that you didn't have the pulse of your team. You had no clue. How is that possible? I mean, when Derek Mason was here, all three receivers went and complained about Brian Schottenheimer. Is that, is, is that not – I mean, and what do they do? Then they cut Derek Mason. Well, that was that was their answer. Guy that could cut, right, right. But how is how is that not a red flag at that point? How then, three months later, do you say I didn't have the pulse of the team when your three receivers came to you and complained about the offensive coordinator? Do you think that maybe something might be up at that point? I mean, come on. And then and then your star receiver after that didn't practice well apparently all season, acted right. like a ten year old, got the taunting penalty against the Eagles. Got in a fight with Brandon Moore in the press. You know, took on it, called out his offensive line, called out his quarterback, called out the defense, called out everybody. Your captain, your ca- the, the guy you named captain, right? That's it. That's that's the failing, Cal. Now we're finding out more. I mean, again, with these Greg McElroy, the four-string quarterback who uh, decided to sing like a bird <laughs> on an Alabama. <laughs> you know, he's from Alabama, and but. Uh, I mean, he's still part of the team, isn't he? Absolutely. I, he's part of the future of that team. They liked to it. Had he not uh, sprained the ligaments in his thumb, he would have yeah. been the third-string quarterback easily. Because they yeah, really like the way he's, – he's Pennington, Cal. He's Pennington. Doesn't have a big arm, proven winner in college, road scholar, great touch, good accuracy. He's Pennington. Okay. He's Pennington, which means Dr. E. Ray will love him. Oh, he's going to love him. Yeah, he's going to fall in love with him. But now uh, he's kind of made that a little difficult. I I agree with you that he should be part of the future of the team. But now that now there's another problem that Rex Ryan is going to have to smooth over in the locker room. Yeah. Because this team is not going to be happy with Greg McElroy making these comments. Well, my favorite part was there were two great parts of that quote. And if you take the quote or the interview in its entirety, he said some really, really interesting things about Schottenheimer not being able to call – uh, plays in a three-receiver set. So he said, I, and I wish I had the quotes, but he said, we brought in Derek Mason. We didn't have a lot of time with him. And so we wanted to do like a lot of three-receiver stuff, and Schottenheimer couldn't make those calls. Like, are you kidding me? No, no, sorry. I'm no good. No good with Wait, it. Wait, let's, let's just, you know, let's break this down a little bit. Brian Schottenheimer, an NFL offensive coordinator, can't make 
calls on a three-receiver set because he doesn't have the ability to or he doesn't he, want to. That's he, not his philosophy. That's what McElroy, uh, McElroy said he's not comfortable. He's not comfortable. Well, let's make sure we keep you co- – so they cut Mason. Hmm. Completely go away from doing that. Right. Now, look, I'm not going to defend Santonio Holmes. In the next hour and a half, I'm not going to defend Santonio Holmes. But I will say – He's got problems with Brian Schottenheimer. He's had problems with Brian Schottenheimer. That's part of this problem. And it was abundantly clear that they went into the locker room and said, or went into Rex Ryan's office and said, I mean, you can now speculate as to what they said, Bry. They must have went in there and said, this is ridiculous. Right. This guy can't run a three wide receiver punch formation. So now here's where we get on Rex. At that point, isn't it incumbent upon Rex to fix this somehow? At the time, absolutely. He you know, instead, instead of bringing guys in and have ice cream every Thursday, why don't you fix this the right All way? All right, let's not kill him on the ice cream social. He was trying to do something. I'm not going to kill You know, that's the kind of stuff. Hey, don't go there, Brian. We're better than that. Uh... You know, he's trying to build team unity. You know, those little stories get out and people kill him on it. Well, but you know what? In hindsight, it was misguided. You what? have to admit no. that. No, what was misguided was thinking that you had the problem solved. By just cutting Derek Mason. That was misguided. Naming Santonio Holmes captain because you gave him a huge contract and you don't want him to smoke weed was misguided. Okay? Having ice cream socials and uh, ice cream socials, so ridiculous. So ridiculous. But having, you know, voluntary meetings where the guys hang out or whatever and he calls them into his office is not a bad thing. It's not just, a bad thing. Just, just because things went wrong, I'm going to use complete Tannenbaum speak right now. Oh, great. Just because certain things went wrong doesn't mean everything you did was wrong. It wasn't outcome determinate? That's right. That's right. Okay. You don't throw – my favorite yesterday from the Uncle Tommy conversation uh-huh. was you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. <laughs> okay? They've done good things for the last two years, and organizationally they are way stronger than they were three years ago. I don't think there's any question about that. So don't throw that – you know, he's ready to give up on the whole of it. But getting back to Schottenheimer and these problems, let me ask you uh, a direct question, Your Honor. Do you cut Santonio Holmes? We said it. That was like our immediate reaction was to tweet, you got to cut him. And then we go look at the numbers and the capologist guy who's always on the gangreen.com who does a great job and has that cap website or whatever – suddenly tells you it's $7.5 million or something of dead money if you cut him. You In can. addition, they owe him $22 million. They paid him $22 million. In actual money. Yeah, they paid him that. And then if they cut him... Now, I, I don't remember the details too well. I know the date of February 8th is a big date. They they either have to cut him before February 8th or they're going to be on the hook for him for next year too, not right? Cutting, right. Yeah, of course. I, I know they're not. I know they're not going to cut him. And there's dead money there next year too. If you cut him, even if you cut him by February eighth, then they take all of the cap hit this year. Right. And they they can't do. <clears throat> you can't take the cap hit this year because it precludes them from making the changes that they need to for the yes. team this year. Look, it's look. Brian, cut off the nose to spite your face. Another another. Which, let's get them all in. Let's get them. Want to? Want to go there? Yep. It's to cut off. It's to cut your homes despite your face. That's right. Cut your homes despite your jets. <laughs> They're not gonna. It, I can tell you right now, Brian Schottenheimer is not going to be the offensive coordinator of this team next year. I would not. 
I would not believe that. Write it down. Okay, we're recording this tonight. I'm going to go Walter Cronkite on it and say, as I remove the glasses and take a look at the clock behind me. Right. At 9.59 Eastern Standard Time, Brian Schottenheimer will not be Jets' offensive coordinator next year. We'll be right back. Okay, I'm t- I'm telling you, there's if you listen to the interviews over the last few days that Rex did on 1050 uh, ESPN Radio with Michael K. If you listen to Tannenbaum yesterday on with Francesa here in the Mike uh, uh, Cal, there's no way he can't. He can't. He can't. And the way that they're talking right now, it you know, they're. I, I, <sighs> I'm angry with the way that this all turned out. You seem very upset. I'm trying to compose myself. But I'm angry with I'm angry with the way this has all turned out. I am not happy with the way with 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 the position that they have quite frankly put themselves in with this change in culture over the last 3 years. But I can appreciate the tough spot that they are in right now because they cannot come out and say Brian Schottenheimer is not coming back. They will kill this man's chances of ever getting a head coaching job or another job in the league. So they can't say that. But they all, so what they're doing is is they're overcompensating, and they are going completely overboard in the opposite direction to the to the point where it's it's so obvious that they're just they're selling a bill of goods here. You know, it's the things that they say. You have to question sometimes. Do they even believe what they're saying? But you, but they're in a tough he, spot, Steve. I I I, I don't and, know what they should be doing. And also, Brian, you're not taking into account how they're being asked about it. Okay? Like, listen to that Francesa interview. Well, yeah, it's okay? leading. I know that. It, not only is it leading, it's aggressive. Because they're, they're saying to them, you can't how possibly be – How was I aggressive? Uh, what did I do? How what was I, I, how was I, how was I professional? What did I do? Please. You know what? You, you stick to making the calls. I'll stick to doing the sports radio shows. Okay? <laughs> no, but Brian, they're being asked in a very aggressive manner. They're being told that they're being told you can't be serious. They're being told you can't be serious about Brian Schottenheimer. And the more they're asked that question in that way, the more they're going way to the other side of it. He's an excellent coach. He's this, that, and the other thing. Right. You know, and they're building him up, building him up because they desperately want him to get another job because it gets them out from whatever extension that he signed. Yeah, but Steve, do they get to a point of no return where where other people or or potential employers? Hear this, and they and they know it's all hogwash. No, you know why? Because you don't think ev- so? No, because everybody knows what's up in the NFL. Okay, you think for a second that when he goes on that Jacksonville Jaguars interview tomorrow, Brian Schottenheimer, they don't know he's going to be fired. Well, he's probably going to tell them he's going to be fired. Because I wouldn't be surprised, Brian. You can't tell him he, that though; he loses all leverage. Right, but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if he if he didn't already know. If he didn't already go into these interviews and, and knowing that, if he doesn't get another job, he's going to be let go. Look, Rex said the other day that he doesn't think he'll be coaching. I don't think he will be here because I think he's going to get another job. You think he's going to get another head coaching job? Me in college, maybe the NFL. I don't know, but he is going to get another job. I mean, read, read between the lines. There's no way they can bring this guy back. Hey, well, we agree on that. And I don't and, think he will be back. And... I'm going to do it. Hey. Do it. And B. That's right. About an hour. A. To the first show. That's good. Half hour. Half hour. 
half hour. All right. A read between the lines when with what they're saying. It, it, as you very succinctly and perfectly put it, they can't. And I don't understand how the media doesn't write about this. That they can't say they're going to let him go when he's looking for another job. He's never going to get hired that way, and that's their only way out of the contract extension that he signed. Well, you know why the media doesn't write about that. You know why. I, I guess because what it's defa- defamatory towards Rex well, well, it kills it kills the narrative. Right. They've exactly. got they've got their story written right now. It's all written. Schottenheimer will be back. They've said it a million times. Right. Oh, re- re- after this embarrassment of a year, Rex loves Schottenheimer and he's bringing him back. Right. So they can't. So they can't write the truth. Right. Or read between the lines. But but that is a. You're oh, which B? Right. B is do the math. Okay. One guy's owed whatever it is, fifteen seven fifteen point seven million dollars over the next two years if they cut him. Towards the cap, which prevents you from improving the team, and it's abundantly clear that these two guys do not get along. I mean, it's abundantly clear that that Schottenheimer is a big part of the problem. Now, Holmes is is a jerk. I get that. But also, Schottenheimer is part of the problem here. Right. Okay? And and let's be honest, Bri. It's never right to to do what Santonio Holmes did. It's, It's terrible. You don't ever quit on your team. But how does he only have 54 catches during the season? I mean, he was misused this year. Well, yeah, I mean, but but you know, it's, I don't think it's all Schottenheimer. No, but you 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 can game. I mean, he said it. You know, you can game plan to get him the ball. I mean, Roddy White said it today. You know, like other other players around the league are coming out and saying, "Look, you shouldn't do that." But how does he only have 54 catches? How do you not use that guy? Okay, but he's going to make whatever it is, 15-7 or something like that, that accounts against the cap to cut him next year, right? or to cut him, which prevents you from doing things with the team. Brian Schottenheimer signed a $3.2 million extension. If you eat that, it doesn't do anything to your cap. It doesn't preclude you from doing anything with your team. And it might smooth over a lot of the differences, because let's, let's face facts, Brian, we don't think Sanchez likes him either. No. I think if you if you asked Mark Sanchez, who do you want back? Would you have to give him truth serum? No. Okay. <laughs> That's important. Francesa almost said it the other day, too. Did he? He almost said, look, if you gave him truth serum. And he, like, caught himself and said something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> if you he tell you. If you injected him with truth juice or something, like, he... he <laughs> truth juice. <laughs> But if you – I'm being serious. If you could get Mark Sanchez to be honest with you and you asked him which guy do you want to be here next year, he's going to say Holmes. Of That's, course he is. Of course he is because I think the one person he dislikes more than Holmes on this team is Schottenheimer. <laughs> I mean you saw them all year going at each other. Yep. All year. Yep. yep. I, look, uh, like I said, he will not be back. He can't be back. You know, and and King him never to return. So Schottenheimer, we agree, he can't come back. He's gone. Holmes is coming back, whether you like it or not. Holmes will be back. Now, here's here's what 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 drives me crazy is the media. What they like to do 
is come right at you know they they get on their soapbox and they're all holier than thou Bob Costas style and they say Holmes cannot come back he must be cut immediately you know right away just cut make, him. make a statement just cut make him. a statement okay yeah. so you so what you've done is you've set it up perfectly because you've killed the Jets for giving him such a, a horrible contract right and not having you know you, you should have known this you should have seen this coming why did you give him forty five million dollars. So they kill him for that. Then they say, but you got to cut him. Just cut him. Right. Make a statement. How can you allow him back in the, in the locker room? Right. That's the, only way to, that's the only way to change this perception of the organization right now. You have to cut Santonio Holmes. Then, if the Jets cut him, then you're going to hear, well, why'd you cut him? You know? Now you've just hurt your team. Yep. So they, they, the media set it up you know, perfectly here, and they can just throw out nonsense to get everybody all riled up. Right? That's what they do. Yep. I, I, look, I can't even begin to get into – there was a uh, a really good thread on the gangrene uh, from this week, and it was just titled Media Hypocrisy. And I, I couldn't let it pass. I had to – I wound up typing like a little post that turned into like a 7,800-word 7, post. Like it's just this ridiculous post about the absolute hypocrisy of the media here in New York – that some of which the Jets have earned. Well, let's Not get into this because you brought this up earlier in the week. I wanna I wanna talk about this. Well, there's a in in my estimation, two things are at work here. One, the media, specifically the New York media, as I phrased it, and and I, I thought this was the best way to phrase it. They're writing well, not the best way to phrase. It. Wow, break your arm, pat yourself on the back. Wow, I, I love you? me. I love me. Who do you love, Cal? Good job. Job, had to had to point out how clever I was in phrasing it this way. Wow, boy, you are good, Steve. Why don't you plug it and direct everybody to the to the post? <laughs> Here's the URL. Just if you want to check it out, if you have a couple minutes, uh, because I'm a wordsmith. I mean, that's what I am. I'm a bit of a wordsmith. No, all I said was, uh, and you you've said this as well. They're writing – the New York media specifically, ESPN New York specifically, some of the writers there, the beat guys that cover the Jets, are writing these stories that say Rex Ryan has to change. And they're writing these stories with their fingers crossed behind their back mm-hmm. because in no way, shape, or form do they want Rex Ryan to change. No one has an easier job right now than a New York Jets beat reporter. It is juicy story after juicy story. You can kill the team every day, and nobody in the national media gets upset with you. You can praise the team when they do well, all the while winking and nodding, like it's an inside joke that Rex is a buffoon, which they do every day. Yep. And you can basically auto-type, you know, you can set the control F9 as your shortcut key. To write the article that's going to kill Rex about what he said or this, that, and the other thing or how he has to do this. I mean, Lupica even did it the other day. I know. So, as Yeah, your keyboard F, F3 is Madoff and F9 is Rex. <laughs> F7 is uh, uh, only the Mets. Only the Mets, right. F5 right. is D'Antoni, can't coach defense. <laughs> right. So it's just line them right up. New York but sports media. These, these reporters and these beat guys are saying, Rex has got to change, Rex has got to change. In no way, shape, or form do they possibly want Rex Ryan to change. He is a quote a day. 
Right. And I felt like, and you felt like, so essentially we felt like, somebody should write this in the New York media. Somebody, Raceman or uh, uh, Mushnick or something, one of the media sort of watchdogs, should write this and should and say, you know, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You're saying that Rex Ryan has to change with the bluster and the bravado, and you desperately don't want him to because he makes your job easy. Right. That leads me to – and I never got your full take on this, so I really do want to ask this question. Can he change? Will he be allowed to change? I saw signs of it, I thought, the other day in his interview, in Rex Ryan's interview with Michael K. Bry, where he was asked flat out, what about the Super Bowl predictions, Rex? You know, are you going to do stuff like that? And, you know, you're saying you're not going to change for anybody. And, you know, so will there be more predictions next year? And his answer wasn't, well, there will be if I want them to, or I'm not changing or whatever. His answer was, you know, we went eight and eight. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not even thinking about all that stuff. You know, you know, he said something like, you don't say that stuff when you're eight and eight. Well, I was, I thought my head, my ears were going to bleed. No fee in the media picked up on that. He said, all I'm concerned with is getting this team back to the playoffs next year. That's it. And, and, and rebuilding this team and making this team better. That's all. I'm not concerned with guarantees. That's a far, that's a far cry from what he said in the, in the post game press conference on Sunday. But when it, he called when he called everybody else losers, right? That's not what he. But see, you just did what the media does, bro. I didn't call everybody else losers. No, he he said I'm not a loser. He said if you're not chasing the Super Bowl, then you're a loser, and I'm not a loser. All right. Well, uh, everybody's chasing. I don't, I don't the have Super any. Bowl. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. What he was saying was, if you can't admit that, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Then you're a loser, and I'll but every but, but that's but that's everybody's goal. Is it? It's an unspoken goal. Is it? Why does it have to be an unspoken goal? I don't understand why this upsets people so much. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be an unspoken goal, but but it is. All right. The 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 goal of the Buffalo Bills is to make the Super Bowl, but they're not going to come out and say that. Well, of and that's fine. They're the Buffalo Bills, right? But my point is. <laughs> Him, him saying that in a, you're right in a vacuum. There's nothing wrong with that comment because that's great. That should be your goal to make the Super Bowl. That's fine, but it's just it's inflammatory, and it comes on the heels of three years of this, and it just well I, not three years of this. Not well, three, three three years of 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 three years of big talk. All right. Now I will agree with you that. Ninety-eight percent of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is not directed at another team or another player or another coach. It's more about boasting and trying to build up his own team's confidence. And people take that the wrong way. Well, I would argue that that's all he did this year outside of the Giant game and the, and North Turner. But North, that, that was that was not an intentional remark about how great he is. No, it wasn't intentional, but if you if you talk and talk and talk, things are going to come out the wrong way. 
you just you, you just don't have any control over it. So now I'm going to get to your question. My, uh, you had, I think you just answered it. I'm, I'm going to it right now. I think he's going to try, based on the interview that he had the other day. You see signs of it. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to. I think you're going to see signs of it. And you've seen over the three years there have been periods of time where he has toned it down, and you could see he was making a genuine effort to be a little more neutral. But in the end, this is who he is. You know, they talk about it all the time. His father was like this. His brother, his goofy brother is like this. His bro- I can't, I mean, it's really funny. Well, he's no, a, I, can't. I mean, see, to me, he's a joke. He's a, they're twins, but he's a joke. That's correct. It's weird. I feel the same way. He's the clown school, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I, he's, I, Oscar, I love, he's Oscar Bluth. That's exactly right. Let me, <laughs> somebody brought that. I can't remember who said that. Yeah. That's, but I don't want to take credit for it. But he that's definitely cool. is Oscar Bluth. Um, let me ask you then. So he doesn't make any guarantees this year, okay? Uh huh. Is that enough of a change? I think that is. I think that is a huge change for him, and I would take that. Because you heard Tannenbaum talking about it yesterday with Francesa Bry, when you know Tana, when Francesa kept pressing him and pressing him completely unprofessionally, by the way. Right. So I'm sorry, but he doesn't do that to Jerry Reese. Nope. The day after they go eight and eight and don't make the playoffs. Okay. He didn't do it to the owner of the Giants, who after they went eight and eight went on the station and said, This isn't tolerable. We're gonna make changes. He didn't say to him, You're you're a disgrace for losing five of your last six games and missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. That's right. where that's where he's unprofessional. Either treat everybody like you treated Tannenbaum yesterday, which is fine. You know, don't pick and choose just based on people and teams you don't like. But anyway. Right. Right. Uh, Tannenbaum even said yesterday several times that it's year, it's going to be year four and Rex has to evolve into the position. He has to continue to evolve at his job. I have to. He has to. And I trust that he will. And if he I, sees that those are changes that he needs to make, he will make them. I'm not going to tell him to make them. And I thought that was fair. I thought that was a fair assessment. But I also thought, again, it it tended to me to tell me that coupled with Ryan's 32-minute interview with Kay, where he was really pressed. And I've never heard more evasiveness and or coach speak from him. Tells me that he does realize he's going to be out of this job if he doesn't change. And that's the ultimate thing for him, right? I mean, he can't afford to be out of this job. I think he I I I think he's a guy that would get another job quickly. I don't think he wants another job though. I think he really wants to to be here and of to course. win here. No, that's what I'm saying. Like he, yeah. that's, that's the threat. Like he does have to change because he's going to lose this job. This job, right. It's not like it's not like a guy if he loses this job, he's you know, he's going to lose a job and now how am I going to get another one? I think he knows he could get another job. He doesn't want to lose this job. This is really important to him. That's absolutely right. I think that – I think you will see changes. I think uh, you know, it it starts with changing the chemistry in that locker room, though. How do you do that? And you – well, you brought up Cortland, Bri. You brought up them having having a full training camp in Cortland. Like you brought it up immediately this week, and Tannenbaum mentioned it yesterday and said that was his – you know, Francesa asked him, you know, if you if you could take back one move, all right, something you would change. I'm not throwing, I'm not asking you to throw a player under the bus, all right. 
You okay? You take back a move. What would it be? And Tannenbaum said, "I should have." I'm paraphrasing, but the general idea was I should have uh, accounted for us not having training camp in Cortland. Yeah, and, but there was and having that time to bond and and finding a way to replace that because I didn't realize how integral that was to our chemistry. Right. Yeah, I mean, the lockout kind of forced them to not go. Absolutely, but he said that was my mistake, that I didn't – basically what he was saying was I didn't make an effort to recreate what we have in Cortland in Florham Park. And okay. if I could go back and change that, I would have made an effort to, to recreate what we have there. And that's fair. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the ways you immediately go back to building team chemistry. I mean, it, every player from the first two camps talks about talked about how great of an experience that is, that they're away from everything and it's just them. And right. you're really able to build this us-against-them mentality. And, Brian, the funny thing to me is, before the Dolphin game last week, we had a conversation about how this has been a joyless Jet team. Before any of the home stuff came out, before any yep. of the dissension, any of the acrimony, all that stuff, we talked about how this has been a joyless Jets season. That when they lost, they shouldn't have lost. When they won, they didn't win by enough. They didn't win the right way. There's no joy when they score a touchdown. They would score a touchdown and they would look at each other like, okay. Like Sanchez would go back to the sideline and be like, can I celebrate? I guess I'm not allowed to celebrate. Except for San Antonio Holmes. Except for Santonio Holmes, who was uh, stepping on a football and, right. and, and mocking the birds down 28 points. So right. we, we, we picked up on it. If you're a Jet fan, you picked up on it before all this came out. So all of this coming out is like, oh, no kidding. They didn't like yeah. each other. I think that seems abundantly clear. So got to get it fixed. But I don't think – I'm not one of those all-is-lost guys. Maybe he has changed my same old Jets mentality. I think there are, I think there are tweaks that you can make. I think there are talent additions that you can make. I think the chemistry problem is out there. If you remove Brian Schottenheimer from the equation, you go a long way to to repairing it. Okay? I think that there they can be right back in contention next year. I don't think this is a, the start of a 4 and 12 team next year by any means. The jury is out for me. I'm not saying they're going to go 12 and 4 either, Brian. Right. But I, I, I'm not doing the same old Jets thing, which I would have done 10 years ago, and been like, well, that's the end of that. There's our little run. We're never going to be good again. I mean, yeah, seven, 17 of the 22 starters are in their 20s, including the key guys, including your best players are in their right. 20s. Well, Chivas is the Kellers, Harris, Slauson, Mangold, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, uh, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. Cromarty, all guys in their twenties. All but guys now let's, in their twenties. Well, now let's talk about two guys that you didn't mention that are in their twenties that are two of the keyest guys on the team. Sanchez and Green, exactly. Okay. And 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 I think it's fair to say, as they enter their fourth season, the jury is out on them. And this is a real, real make or break season for both those guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't think there's any doubt about that. And I'll, I'll go. I'll go a step further. I don't know if they shouldn't look to upgrade the running back position. I think they will. 
I think he's going to look to upgrade every any position that he thinks needs upgrading. I think he's he, back. No, I. You he's, know not gonna bring, he's not. He's not going to bring somebody in to replace Sanchez. He might bring somebody in to push him. Brian, if Peyton Manning shakes free, okay, and they have an opportunity to go get Peyton Manning, he goes and gets Peyton Manning, and you know what he says? Hey, Tanny, you said that you you know Mark Sanchez was going to be your starting quarterback. Why well, didn't know Peyton Manning was going to be available? That's his answer. And you think he cares? And then what do you do with Sanchez? Sanchez sits for a year. You're going to pay Sanchez and Peyton Manning how much money on well, this don't team? Don't forget, Sanchez is coming to the end of his contract, and he restructured last year. Well, so okay, so if you get Peyton Manning, you're you're basically blowing all of your money on him. You're not really going to improve. I'm not the saying. Team. I'm not saying they're getting Peyton Manning or they should get Peyton Manning. All I'm saying is, he's going to look at. I think he will look at every position, and if there's an upgrade available there. Egos be damned, because his job's on the line now. All right, so now let me paint this scenario for you. We know how fragile Sanchez is. And what they need to do with Sanchez is repair his confidence. Because over the last three years, not so much this year, but certainly in the first two years, we saw stretches where Sanchez's confidence was in the dumps, and his play reflected that. And then we saw when his confidence was sky high, and his play reflected that. Agree. So I, it, it's very clear after watching this guy for three years that there's a direct correlation between his confidence and his level of play. Mm-hmm. So it's it's incumbent upon them, and I used incumbent twice, and I didn't want to, but magnificent. It is important for them to keep Sanchez's confidence as high as possible. Now, if he finds out, now let they don't get Peyton Manning and they bring Sanchez back, but now you have to deal with Sanchez thinking, well, they were going to replace me if they could have. Now what? Now where's my confidence? I, I, I think the only guy that you're talking about here is Peyton Manning. I, and I and just, I and I think if you're if you're replacing Mark, I mean if somebody goes to Mark Sanchez and says, "We're replacing you with Peyton Manning." And if his confidence is still in the dumper, well, life's tough. You know what I mean? Life's tough. I, Steve, I agree with you, but I just I just think it would be more repairs for Rex and for Tannenbaum. But Rex wants to, to win. To... We're talking about Peyton Manning, if he can play, shaking no, my... loose. But what, you're, what, what, what I'm saying is they don't get Peyton Manning. Sanchez comes back, is the quarterback, but all he hears about is how the Jets tried to get Peyton Manning. I see. I see. I, I got gotcha. you. You know um... what I mean? And so now at that point, you have Sanchez. He's your quarterback, but now you've got to deal with his, with his confidence. And it's, just, I, it's another thing for Rex to have to deal with. Yeah, I, I, I still think in that scenario you just got to be careful with it. Yeah. I still think in that scenario, Brian, though, you just say, it's Peyton Manning. We had a shot to get Peyton Manning. All right, don't take it personally. We weren't going to go replace you with Blaine Gabbert. We had a shot to go get Peyton Manning. We, we we didn't get him. We're happy with you. You know that. You're the the only guy that was going to replace you was Peyton Manning, <laughs> unless you know Tom Brady shakes free. Um, it, uh, last thing on the Jets, okay? Because there's a lot of NFL football I do want to talk about with you with the playoffs and stuff. I really do, and I want to talk about the Giants because that's one of my New Year's sports resolutions. Is to talk about the Giants? No, is to <laughs> no goodness no is to be more objective about 
the Giants and the Yankees and, and drop the rivalry stuff as much. Drop the hatred. Drop the leash. Yeah, as, your, as Pearl that, Jam. That'll be your role then. <laughs> um, but on the on, lastly on the Jets, I think that there are the mechanisms in place to fix the chemistry problems that are there. I think they just need to have a little calm. You know, let things go on. But replacing the offensive coordinator and putting a new guy in there and having a fresh start for Sanchez, for Holmes. Uh, maybe they bring back Braylon Edwards. You know, I have an unhealthy uh, adoration for Braylon Edwards. You do. Um, Jericho Cotri said today he would be open he would to be returning. Open to, sure. Do you think that Braylon Edwards should have a restraining? I mean, I don't think I'm dangerous. Would you consider me dangerous? I I would advise Braylon Edwards to kind of steer clear of you. If if I were to talk to him. Okay, that's fair. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm quoting. I'm quoting Fatal Attraction. Okay. Way to stay. Way to stay current. Wow, that was good. Good job. Does Does Braylon Edwards have a bunny? Let's go, Metsco. I'm I'm bringing us to '86. Um, you call him Bray Bray. I do call him Bray Bray. Look, Cal, we have one last shot to have the Swami on because he's calling. He's been calling for an hour. Okay. All right. So let's do. I have uh, some new Swami music. Let's uh, let's welcome him in. Everybody, the uh, the guy who knows uh, a lot about football and a lot about life, Bry. He's uh, coming to us live from somewhere. We'll find out where he is. I told him. I told him we only have ten minute spots available. <laughs> okay. He agreed to that. He said he'd run it by his agent. All right. Uh, he'll probably say something derogatory about Rex Ryan, I'm guessing. Not a fan. Let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. The Swami. Welcome to Ready to Unload Season 3, Swam. How are you? All right, kill that music. Well, you don't like what's this? happening, guys? You don't I like don't have to say, I don't have to say anything except Happy New Year to you, gentlemen. I see you're continuing in your normal... Uh, try and get rid of all the uh, subscribership that you have by continually talking about a subject that's about as dead as last week's fish. That's right. Hey, you know what we do, Swamp? We, we, we talk about what we want to talk about. I understand. It's your show. And you allow on who you want to allow on, when you want to allow them on. I understand. <laughs> you, you I know the rules. minutes into the show. My, my, my ten minutes spot is made cut by two minutes just in your introduction. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck is that? What the heck is that? You have your own That's, music? Of course. <laughs> that was boy, the production values in season three, Cal. Well, hey, Happy New Year, Swami. Happy New Year. I'm glad to see you guys made it back. Just a quick comment on some of the uh, really uh, mind-boggling topics you were, you were covering about your resolutions. I mean, yeah. I, I think it was really nice that you're 
suggested you you go to the gym at City Field, but I have a better one. Let's hear let's it. Go to the, let's go to the gym instead of City Field. <laughs> there might be a lot of that this season. There you go. And as far as Rex Ryan, we don't have to talk about him ad nauseum. I mean, it's I over. Th- it's done. Case I closed. Th- we covered it. I think we covered it. Yeah, yeah, I think you got it. I mean, I mean, I didn't never. I never did receive one invitation to his ice cream socials on the Thursday. Nah. You know how that makes a guy. You know how the guy makes a guy like me feel great. Actually, does his, <laughs> <laughs> this way I didn't have to turn him down. Yeah. That's right. Even and, if he and will he be? Will, will, I mean, you Will he be back next year? Of course. Will Sanchez be back next year? Of course. Are they going to get Are they going to get Peyton Manning, a 36 year old quarterback? Of course not. <laughs> you know. You know uh, I don't. I don't think they will either. But I, we no, would just, they can't they, get him. You know. He's 36 years old. I mean, they're going to bring him into the same town as his brother, who's. You know, no, you can't do that. You know. No, I don't think. He, gotta, uh, no, I don't think he'd come here. You know. It no. doesn't matter. How about you the teams that are still playing, Swam? Ah, good. Let's get on to something really important, like the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. All right, I like that. Now, of course, before, Swami, way before you do, Swami, before yeah. you do that, where where are you calling from tonight? Yeah, where are you uh, calling? I, I thought you might ask. I'm 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 actually down in Dallas. Uh, I'm doing a little Don't... scouting. For, I'm doing a little scouting for the for the Cowboys. Oh wow. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not the only. Uh, New York isn't the only team that has to retrench. You know. Yeah. We well. <laughs> And, Ryan, and the, the, the Ryan, yeah, well, heck of can't, a cancel the Ryan brothers. But I mean, you know, <laughs> if they if if they want to uh, just get together and commiserate about the word giant, you know, they could do that. I don't care. No, I'm I'm scouting uh, for the Cowboys because they need new cheerleaders. Ah, uh, well, that's hell. Uh, that's it, that's it, some it, assignment. They, well, they've come into the, uh, the 2012 era with the concept that they have to uh, start from the ground up. All right. And how better from the ground up than with the cheerleaders? That's because a lot of them weren't into it this year. They had a lot of they had a lot of uh, personalities in the locker room. There was a lot of uh, bickering going on. There was a lot of egos. So we're <laughs> going to have to wipe that out. Yeah, I understand that's not a good thing for a cheerleading team. No, not a good so, thing for any team, Swam. No, I don't know. I don't know about any team. I don't know who else would be plagued with that problem. But the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, you know, that's a that's a Icons. And, uh, that's right. Themselves. Anyhow, so that's where I'm coming from, and uh, we'll be leaving here shortly, probably on Saturday on a, a train bound for, I can't tell you, <laughs> but there is a playoff game not that far down the road. So uh, there's, a, there's a country western song in there somewhere. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, in, uh, in my pickup truck, in my pickup truck, looking right. at a train is in the distance. Dog. That's right. There's got to be a dog involved and a broken heart. Uh, to put these together. Or a broken hearted dog. That's <laughs> Swam. So uh, like to do that? We we have wild and, and, and how many times did you guys use the word commiserate tonight? Seventeen. Oh, okay. I couldn't keep track, it was just mind boggling. But uh okay, we have five games this weekend from what I understand. Four games. That's correct. No, we have five games. Uh, you have four games. We have five uh, games. I I have another game. It's it's actually a uh, the cheerleaders are playing. Uh, you don't you don't care about that. <laughs> oh I, boy. Oh, but I do. Ah, just that I thought. <laughs> okay. You, you mean you have a life aside from this rant that you? That, that, great. I, I don't actually. That's one of my resolutions. 
<laughs> One of your resolutions, yes. Okay. Get a life. Okay. Uh, Bengals, Texans. What do you sure. Think? Yeah. Well, we don't get paid to to call these games. No, swamp. I don't get. You by do. the way, the last time I did make some selections, as you know, I was five for seven. Yes, you had a you had a very good week. Yes, that's correct. Very good week. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot not, of people. Not. There's a lot of people counting on you right now for the playoff prediction swamp. Ah, uh, really? Uh, okay, let's let's get to let's get to uh, Detroit and the Saints. Anybody think that, anybody think any the Lions have a chance? Yeah, they got a chance. I don't see why not. I don't think uh, they're going to win, but I, I, wait, I wait. they have a you, chance. You can't play you can't play both sides of the fence. I think they that's do, everybody's got a chance. Of I course, you can have a typhoon come into the stadium. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm going right off the bat going with the Saints. <laughs> Too soon, Swam. You can't. No, no, I'm going right with the Saints. You can't say things I can't, like that I, I can't waste time on the Lions. Yeah. So that no. probably means, you know, can we get to the big game of the weekend? So you like the Saints in that game? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, how about the uh, Bengals at the Houston Texans in the playoffs for the first time ever? I know. Right, right down the road from you there. If you're in Dallas, you know, it's a couple hours down the road there. You're kidding. Boy, you must have no. some kind of knowledge of Texas. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I've got some kind of knowledge. Uh, how do you feel oh, about I can well imagine. the Bengals visiting the Houston Texans and T.J. Yates? Yeah, well, once again, I always tell you there's many more people on a football team than one. So uh, as a composite group, I think the Bengals uh, deserve deserve my nod. Oh wow! So you like the the Bengals here to go on the road I, and get the? I think they have a chance against the Texans. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So let's go to Sunday's games. Ooh. And, uh, Sunday, the, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We have the, once again. Let's remind everybody: the Swami does not uh, take lines or spreads into consideration. He just picks the winners. He knows what's going to happen. So. And it's not fun. based on emotion. It's all for man. fun. That's right. It's all for fun. Uh, all gambling. For fun. If we were to do such things, we don't. I mean, no. who was that? No. Um, not here. Um, not so, here. Not now. Not ever. You have the uh, what's what we we got the Giants and the Falcons. We know all about the first game ever at MetLife, first playoff game ever at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd, that makes sense. I'd like to be reminded of that another eight hundred and forty times by the New York media. That'd be good. Hey, by the way, it's the first playoff game at the oh, no, eight hundred forty one. <laughs> Um, and then uh, what's the other game there, Cal? What's the other game there? Uh, Pittsburgh and Denver. Oh, Pittsburgh and Denver, right. Big game. That sounds like a country western song. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> and Denver and other. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. You're Steelers saying Pittsburgh and Denver, hey? Yep. The Broncos. By the way, it was over 60 degrees today in Denver. How do you How do you like that? Last week, two feet of snow. Wounds my kind of traveling schedule. But uh, you know, that's like global warming, I think. It's El Nino, <laughs> or, or whoever that other guy that snuck into town across the border. Sir, Sergio Garcia. Oh wait, don't knock my man, Serge. What does he have to do with this? He swings the mean club. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so want? we got the Steelers versus the Broncos, right? Yeah. And most of the uh, the people who are talking about this this game, I think, are really looking forward. Uh, to seeing uh, you know, the Broncos tr- trying to pull you know, the uh, chestnuts out of the fire. A Tebow. Against right. the Steelers. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I like the guy. 
personally. I mean, I, I, I believe in what he believes in, you know, um, not necessarily the same way, but uh, the Steelers going to be tough, tough. It'll be tough. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to have to do the nod on, on Pittsburgh. All right. And then the big one. Ooh, the big one. The big one. The Giants back in the playoffs after two two years Four. of not being well, will this be at, Will this be the first playoff game in no, uh, probably not. I understand it's probably the 42. Day 42. Who do you like in this game? The, this uh, looks like a real good matchup for the Giants, uh, Swam. We're going to talk about it in a couple of minutes when we uh, when we finish your little segment. Um, this looks like a real good matchup for the Giants. I know, uh, you know, you, you definitely have a close eye on this Giant team. What's your feel? Well, you know, I've been following them as a as a team, not a, not, you know, uh, devoid of emotion, as you know. Yeah. And I've seen them come together, uh, regardless of you know bluster, bravado, whatever other words you guys use, and they gelled. And I said last week, if you remember, oh no, it's two weeks ago. What you have to do is you have to look at the the, the the team as a whole and which one will be less rattled under the pressure. Uh, but they are now playing a different uh, opponent, the Falcons. I mean, there were some people at the beginning of the year didn't think the Falcons would be where they are. And yep. they are. So. Yep. Uh, uh, I guess they got to go with the Giants. All right. Only you think? For the, only for yeah. Only for the. I think it'll be a uh, a nice a nice game. I don't think there's going to be any blowouts, barring any. And I'll, I'll say this right now: barring any uh, stupid, and I and I say this stupid, uh, guys shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, and if they could just you know give Manning some like... pass protection, I, I think he's I, I think he's got the edge. Oh yeah, well, I think if you if you have a battle of the quarterbacks there, and you got Eli Manning versus Matt uh, Ryan, you're taking Eli Manning, right? I would, yeah. All right. I mean, do you like I mean, what happened? Yeah. What happened to what happened to Manning last week? Uh, just does nothing but give him more confidence. Yeah. You know, he saw his team way ahead, twenty-one nothing. Next thing you know, it's starting to dwindle down, and then you know the defense put a screeching halt. On the advance of the other guys, uh, Gang Green or whatever the, the nickname is, and lo and behold, it came through and pulled away down the stretch. So uh, I, I would say the... uh, I would say one thing, Swamp. Oh, one... I, uh, I just... you're going to defend Coach Ryan? No, oh, no, he did that oh, for an hour uh, and a half. Just, just we didn't defend him. In fact, he <laughs> said he has to change. You should listen to the program. They said this. But they said the same thing in 2009 after the defeat by the Miami Dolphins, if you remember. They didn't. They they they, they went to the AFC Championship game. All right, that's not. not no, the I point. understand that. The point, the point is saying. this. The point is this. Uh, Eli Manning in in that game against the Jets was nine of 25 uh, for a 27 percent quarterback rating, and he threw one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. So okay, what was the final outcome of the game? That the Giants won the game, absolutely. But I, it <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't it wasn't because it's of Eli a, Manning. It's a, it's a W nonetheless. It wasn't because of Eli I Manning. Mean, if the Yankees beat uh, Boston one nothing, uh, it's the same as beating them ninety one to six. It's still a W. You know? Okay, I'm just you just said that you know Eli uh, against Gangrene and blah 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 blah. Not his best game. No, not and they game. still beat them. That's correct. Yes, so that's right. There they you go. Shit. 
That's because they'd be ashamed of themselves for beating them. An offensive, an offensive coordinator uh, decided to throw the ball sixty-nine times. <laughs> Thought that was a good idea. You had to seem like a bad idea. Didn't seem like a bad idea. They won the game. No, no. The the Jets' offensive coordinator threw the ball sixty-seven times. I know. I said it didn't seem like a bad idea. They won the game. I mean, the Giants won, so. Oh, it was a bad idea. It was idea. a good yeah. idea for the Giants, yeah. yeah for the Giants. Not I know. Idea. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It, it, it's called, it's called uh, you know, satire. Juxtaposition is what you did there. No, just just your own position. <laughs> now, let's, <laughs> get on, <laughs> let's get on to the the, the last the last game of, of, that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, what, the Cowboy Cheerleader game? No. No, I got the lock on that. We got a we. I thought we hit all four games, Swamp. You, you did all four games. We did. I know. We got but the Bengals. There, on the road. We got the Steelers on the road. Right. Are you going to talk about the college another, game, Swami? No, isn't there, aren't the Forty ers doing anything this year? No, they're off this week. That's right. That's what they I'm saying. The yeah. They're having an ice cream social. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, and I, I, I agree with you. If you can't attack anything, attack the media. By I, the way, I think you guys are part of the media. Actually, uh, according to you, we're not. Well, <laughs> according to you, we exist on the fringe. <laughs> I'm a minority. You know, I'm, I'm a minority of one. I, I know your your myriad uh, volume uh, the, the fan base you guys have. Yeah, it's so I, tremendous. I like the it's counter good. media. Honestly, yeah, Tom, I don't think I don't think we were attacking the media as necessarily as. Ah, uh, sound like an attack, you know? No, asking for a, a call for somebody to call them out in their hypocrisy. I mean, would you not agree, Swam, that every no. time they, they write an article, wait, no, 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 let, no. let me finish. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. I know what you're gonna say, again. but I'm not gonna agree. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is like having a fight with McWalters. This is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> name dropper. Name, name dropping. Uh, I didn't say this is like having a fight with George Clooney. I mean, that's, that's not name dropping. <laughs> I know. I happen to know George Clooney. So you know, be, be careful where you're. <laughs> I, All right. Do so you think you think I, the media I, is being unfair? Is that is that the no. gist of this whole thing? No, that's not what I said. Well, what did you say? Oh. Just summarize it in, in, in like less than fifty-two thousand words. Try and get this thing so we can put it on tweet. Would you agree or disagree that when the media is writing articles that say Rex must change, that they really don't want Rex to change because he makes their job easy? Nah, I think I think when they write Rex should change, they know Rex will never change, so they can say whatever they want. You know, I mean, better. even better. That makes it yeah, even better. Look at, look, listen, Ryan lost me totally. I was almost a little bit on him, you know, but he lost me totally when he got that dopey tattoo. <laughs> I mean, that was the crux of the whole thing. That's what did it for you? Remember what he said about, remember what he said about the ink? I, I don't really, I, I don't, I, I don't, unlike, unlike every other fan of every other team, I don't really pay yeah. attention to a ton of what he says. Sure you do. I just care about you, what he you, does. You hang my... on every word. You hang on every one of his interviews. <laughs> you even the... know his facial expressions. You know, I can that... tell you know how many T-shirts he wears. That's the Come amazing on. thing, though. Every every fan of every other team is so concerned with everything he says, and most Jet fans are like, he said, nobody what? Nobody cares what he says. Listen, nobody cares what he says. 
the, the, the best quote that he ever said about is, I don't care about anybody. <laughs> well, that, that's true. Nobody, nobody cares about what he says? No. Okay. They well. don't care what he says. National they media expect seems it from to care. Him. Regular media seems to care. Nah, they, they expect it from him. Yeah. Well. Imagine if he got out there and he said, like, you know, humble pie, you know, like, I have to look forward they, to yeah, the future. Yeah, they, have yeah they, they'd kill him for changing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. they know it wasn't him. They know it would be an, you know, an alien life form had taken over his, you know, his body. They'd have to check let me ask you a question. tattoos. Let, let me ask you a question. How can he possibly change then? How, how can he possibly how change? How can he possibly win? If he comes back next year and he's a humble coach and he doesn't say anything and he says, you know, we just hope we can win and hope we can compete. No, that's great. They're going to write that he's being disingenuous. Listen, I, I don't know what that means. But no, he he, uh, he he has his own style. Works for him, great. He's he made his fortune on it, great. I mean, Don Rickles. I mean, the guy has a, a reputation for being a, a, a swordsman with 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 the uh, English vernacular. But you meet him up close and personally, have a steak with him. Nicest guy you want to meet. That's a good. You know analogy. what I'm saying? Sure. It's a, it's a good public, analogy. It's a public persona. That's what he's got to do to maintain his individuality from the other jerk. You know, in, in Texas, and I'm not too far away from where this right. is right now. But, well, uh, head, head to a know, local joint; you'll probably run into him. Yeah, more likely. But uh, I'll recognize him. Oh, by the way, I think he's supposed to get a haircut. Yeah. Well, he should do punishment. Exactly. All right, Swan, we're gonna run. All right, listen, thanks, guys. Uh, I mean, I'd like to sign off with the uh, usual. Uh, well, maybe I maybe I better. You know. It could work. It might not work. I don't know. That's I mean, it. if you think about it, uh, just be careful, guys. Keep your powder dry, right? Amen. Thanks, Mom. All right. Take care, Cal. All right. Thanks for putting yes, up Swami. with us. Hey. All right. Thanks. For- Welcome back for the new year, Swami. Next next week, let's uh, the show is what from six o'clock to to seven thirty or something. So. Next week, it's from 6 to 12.30, all Rex Ride, all the time. <laughs> and, and thank you for once again putting me on hold for 51 minutes. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Jet Talk with Cal and Zampini. Okay, it worked for me. I Thanks, don't know Bob. why, but it worked for me. Take care, guys. Ciao. Bye-bye. All right. That's Swami. Does not care for the Ryan's guy. I thought the Statler brothers would be a good. good yeah, that's seems oh. appropriate for, for him. Yeah, Statler brothers. <laughs> I love that song. I love that song. I thought that was appropriate for the Swamp. I think that's good intro music. I think he'll get into it. Uh, so there, you, there you have it. His four picks. Let's talk about these games, Bry. Okay. I want to talk about the uh, the giant game. I really do. I, I've been having uh, mixed feelings. Uh, the week did not start off great with one, uh, as we've talked about a million times on this show, Cal, if it wasn't for a certain friend of mine who's a huge, biggest Giant fan I know, uh, but also hates the Jets, uh, I would probably not have any sort of problem with the Giants. I really wouldn't. Uh, there's no real reason to if you're a Jet fan until this year when Rex Ryan made it a turf war. Um, right. There's no real reason to dislike the Giants. I'm not saying I would like them. But I have decided that I'm going to be uh, objective, and I am not going to hate on the Giants because 
frankly, you know, it's a waste of energy to me. Okay. It's a waste of energy. Now, hating on the Yankees, that's – there's – you know, there's something tangible there. But you have a whole reserve of energy for that. What's your take on this – I hate the word take. Let's eliminate it. What's your – what are you thinking about with this giant team? You've watched them beat the Jets and the Cowboys the last two weeks, who, again, Jets uh, team in disarray, but you can't take anything away from uh, the Giants winning that game because they had to win that game, and they were dominated on defense aside from two plays, and they still found a way to win the game. What? How are you feeling about the Giants? You know, really impressive win against the Cowboys, but again, the Cowboys are a Jekyll and Hyde team. I think I could have, you know, thrown – you know, completed a pass over Terrence Newman. Um, it was a great tweet, Cal. Did you see the Did you see the tweet about um, uh, the uh, It was one of the Giant beat reporters, and he said he tweeted, uh, "Heading to the uh, Heading to the Giants practice facility today. I had to hurdle Terrence Newman to get in." Uh, what you feel? Team? How do you How do you feel? Are they getting hot at the right time? Are they gelling? I think there's something to that. That that I mean, they they were one and six in their la- in the seven games prior to the Jet game. One and six, and they looked bad in what the Washington game. They were one and six. You're right. They were because they now, started six one and two. One and five. One and five. Uh. One and five because they were they were six and two. That's right. Yeah, and they were seven and seven when they played the Jets. Yep. I think they're peaking at the right time. I think that a lot of the key players on this team know how to play this time of year too. I don't think the big stage frightens them. There's fourteen guys left. Eli Manning has become an elite quarterback. He's a top five quarterback, right? This certainly this year we've talked about this, and I've had this conversation with many people. And I and I do this all the time, and I say Eli Manning is a top five quarterback, and mostly Giant fans, and they say you're wrong. He's I, not elite. I know. I don't understand. He's not top five, and then I say, okay, let's do it, and then we go through all 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, and Eli Manning comes in fifth every time. I have I had him in a conversation with that said huge Giant fan today, who is I think completely taken aback by my new attitude, but. It's made things I'm, better. I'm taken aback by it. Um, but I was talking about the idea that, you know, I don't understand how Giant fans don't like this guy. He has become an elite quarterback. He's the top five quarterback this year. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. And you won a Super Bowl with him already before he became that elite quarterback. <laughs> That's right. I mean, when it comes to Eli Manning, you're playing with complete house money. Complete. Complete house money, and he's becoming a league quarterback. There's three guys in the league. I take over him right now. This year. You're going to take Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers. That's it. That's it. And if Peyton Manning was playing, you'd take him. That's right. And then that's it. And that's where Eli comes in five. Well, but I don't. Ca- I can't count Peyton Manning because... All right, so this, so this year, arguably... Yep. Yeah, and, and I always I always put Eli and Roethlisberger together. I I would take Eli over Roethlisberger. I think you could flip a coin on him. I don't think so. No. No, I not for what Eli Manning did this year. 
I mean, with that team. All right. And throwing for – what did he throw? For 4,700 yards. And he had 15 fourth-quarter touchdowns. Right, all the yards in the fourth quarter, too, all the comebacks that they had. Yeah, he had 2,200 yards in the fourth quarter. That's the that's the separation for me. Okay. I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I, I, I would probably take him over Roethlisberger, too. I just think it's really close. All right, but, but you, going back – I mean, Rivers fell out of that category this year. Yes, he did. Uh, Eli has been steadily getting better to this point. The best is when you try to argue uh, – Giant fans will tell you Romo is better than Eli. That's just crazy. That's the argument. But let's go back to what your, your question. How do I feel about the Giants? I, I, feel, I feel pretty good about them. I never had a problem with the Giants either, ever. And the only, this was the first time that I really started to have a problem with them was the way the Giant fans really went hard after the Jet fans after that game. Well, it's because of Rex, obviously. It's, it's, it's because of Rex. Because, but we're not the ones that made the guarantees. That's I, you know? I, I, I totally agree, and I tweeted that, and I said, you know, hey, Giant fans, I didn't forget about all the text messages that I sent you after we made the playoffs the last two years when you went home. Oh, wait, I didn't. I didn't send any. Right. You know, just because the newspapers say you're classy doesn't mean you can act like a jerk. Right. Right. And Justin Tuck calling the Atlanta offensive line dirtbags. Falls into the classy category. Hey, look, Brian. There's always going to be a double standard as long as Rex. All right, yeah. Account. You're right. So let's let's just. You're right. I think the best thing to do is to not waste any energy on it. Move off of it. So I don't have a problem with the Giants right now. I think they're a good team. I think they are a uh, like they say they're a flawed team, but they're a good team, and they've taken these 14 holdovers from the last championship team, and they have sprinkled in some like. Real dynamic youngsters on this mm. team. Pierre Paul is a game changer. Victor yeah. Cruz is a game changer. Um, they got a lot of talent. I didn't think they matched up well with Atlanta initially because they like to throw the ball, Atlanta. They like to use their, their wide receivers, throw deep. That's been sort of the Giants' Achilles heel this year. But the more and more I think about it, the more I've, I've been – Looking at this game, I think the Giants do match up well against the Falcons, and I think that they are peaking at the right time. I love, this, I, I love this matchup for the Giants. Love it. I could, I could see, I could see the Giants having a big day against the Falcons. Yep, not an outdoor team. Uh, the Giants well, have a well, but you know what? The weather is supposed to mitigate that this week. It's going to be in the fifties on Sunday. Right, but even if even the fifties is is you know twenty five degrees colder than it is in the dome. Yeah, it's not indoors. But right? and, they're, and they're also not on you know their turf surface indoors. But right. the bigger thing to me, and why this is a great matchup for the Giants, is go with the quarterbacks. And like I said to the Swami, I mean, I, if I, I have a choice between Eli Manning and Matt Ryan in a playoff game, taking Eli Manning by far. And yeah, away. every time. Uh, it, Matt Ryan's a guy who, I, I, gosh, I, I saw a lot of him on red zone this year, Cal. I'm simply never that impressed with him. I'm really not. He kind of burst on the scene when he entered the league, but he hasn't really, you know, he's a little bit like Sanchez. He hasn't developed like you've expected him to. Yep. And the other thing is, you know, you figure two teams match up very similarly in that, you know, sort of weak defenses, questionable defenses, whatever. But the Giants defense with a healthy front five or six, you know, as you're rotating Canty and who's been playing very well as, uh, as well. Uh-huh. Is much better. See, that's the thing, Bri. If you 
when you have uh, Pierre Paul and Tuck and Yuminura and Canty, and you can bring Kiwanuka from the linebacker spot, and you can put pressure on the quarterback, they can get to the quarterback without uh, blitzing. You forgive a lot of the sins of a crappy secondary. And make yeah, no right. mistake, they have a crappy secondary. It's but you, 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 you can get away with it. You can get away with it. Now, does Roddy White scare you if you're a giant fan? Well, of course he does. Now, does Julio Jones down by the schoolyard scare you? Sure. I, I think Roddy White I would be a little more concerned about because Roddy White could rip off 12 catches in 150 yards. Right. Um, but they, I think the Giants match up very well in this game. I think they put pressure on Matt Ryan, make Matt Ryan beat you. And I, I hate that cliche, but it's true in this case. I was even saying to uh, McWalters today, like, I was asking him some questions, like, matchup-wise, what would you do? Do you want to, you know, put seven or eight guys in the box and make it look like you're going to blitz uh, so they do run the ball and have, you know, and uh, drop out of it or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, do you want them to run or do you want them to pass? And I think... You know, Turner is a back who can dominate a game. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't love is the edge speed on the Giants. Right. I think you got to make Matt Ryan beat you. You know, I think you got to sit back and not show blitz and make him think he can throw and get to the quarterback with that front four. But it's a good matchup for the Giants. Look, my take on the NFC is that anybody can win. I mean, the Packers are obviously a sort of runaway favorite. Except, I think the Giants can beat anybody in the playoffs, in the NFC, except New Orleans at home. I don't think anybody beats New Orleans at home. They're just a different team there. Because they actually, seems they actually play defense there. Yeah. So I, I, I said to, uh, you know, Kev today, I said, I give you a puncher's chance. I said, I give you a great chance against the Falcons. I think you win that game. And I said, and I think if the Lions somehow pull off a miracle, which, again, contradicts my last statement, <laughs> uh, by beating New Orleans at home, you could probably beat San Francisco, too. But – and yeah. you you could maybe go on the road and beat the Packers. I mean, they gave the Packers everything they could handle, and they weren't healthy on the defensive line. You know, Tuck, Tuck didn't play that game. I don't think even Yorick played that game either. No, but that would be a tough game. That'd be a uh, of course, of course, of course, Brian. But they could. They could. Yeah. They you, could you, absolutely do it because their offense is better than it was in 07 and 08. It's a better yeah. offense. Right. So the only team I can't see the Giants beating, I'm not saying they're going to, but the only team I can't see the Giants beating would be New Orleans at home. If they somehow had to play New Orleans at home, sorry. They're not winning that game. I would agree with that. But I it, would agree with that. The, to me, the NFC even with a dominant team like the Packers, is wide open. Well, do you, do you think San Francisco's not getting enough of a, of a chance here? Nobody's talking about the 49ers at all. Let's talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think they're – I mean, I watched that Pittsburgh game. Uh, I watched a couple other games by you know from them this year. I don't uh-huh. think they're – I don't think the defense is good enough to shut down a Packers or a Saints offense. And if they get into any sort of shootout, they can't win. 
you know, their offense is just not designed to have to put up 24 points to win the game. I mean, how many how many games are they going to win 1916? Yeah. You're not going to beat the Packers or the Saints 1916. You're just not. Or, or, or I shouldn't say you're just not. The chances are very, you know, it's, it's going like, to be hard. It's yeah. Like, it's like those Tampa Bay teams, you know, that got to the championship game or whatever before they went to the Super Bowl. You have to have a little more on offense or you have to be the Ravens in 2000. Right, which they're not. To compete with the offenses that are currently in the playoffs in the NFC. I mean, think about it. There are three excellent offensive teams that can put up 35 points any given week. Uh, Four. Four, yeah. You're right. The Lions, of course. Yep. You have to put the Lions in there, too. And the Falcons, are, the Falcons are a very good offensive team. And the Falcons average, you know, something like 28-7 a game, yeah. too. So I just don't think the, the the Niners can play the type of game they need to twice to get to the Super Bowl. They may be able to do it once. Right. I don't think they can do it twice. I think you, I think you nailed it. Unless you are the 2000 Ravens, right, the league has changed so much that you have to have a dominating offense to win. Or at least a competent offense. But uh, you have to be the 2000 Ravens with a competent right. offense. I mean, look at what cost the look at what cost the Jets. You know, the last two years in in the AFC Championship game. Now they had enough offense to get there, but again, unless you have that 2000 Ravens defense, which I don't think the 49ers have. Their defense is excellent, but it's not that defense. Not like that. No, the Jets didn't have enough offense to beat the Colts. And they didn't have enough offense to get back in the game when they got down twenty-four to three against the Steelers. So I, I, I just I, I think there's a reason nobody's talking about the Forty ers Brian. Okay, that's and that's why. Uh, but back to this one more thing about the starting game, and then I want to ask you about the Bengals Texans game because I'm fascinated by it. Really, it's just such a you have T.J. Yates against Andy Dalton and like. These teams are somehow both. Both these teams are somehow in the playoffs, and you know it's just a bizarre game. To, the Texans are, uh, are you know having a little bit of the Ewing theory where Schaub gets hurt, and they still continue. You know they make their first playoffs with Schaub hurt, uh-huh. and so he's sitting at home like, "Are you serious, dude? I'm going to win the division when I get hurt for the season." <laughs> and you know T.J. Yates, the two rookie quarterbacks going at it. So, but the uh, the last thing on the Giants game, if the Giants can establish any sort of run in that game, Bry, uh-huh. they could win that game going away. I, you know, I don't even think they need to establish the run to win that game going away. No, I I don't think they need to. But, but if but if they do, then they then, do, that's a no. Then it's thirty four ten to me. Could be, yeah. And the Falcons don't strike me as a team that will come back well on the road if they go down. Hey, look, I got – you know, even the owner said it, uh, Arthur Ben Rhodes. What's his name? Arthur Ty- Blank. Tyler Rhodes. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. Arthur, <laughs> Arthur Rhodes. <laughs> Arthur Blank said this is it. This is the playoffs. This is where – you know, I I love Matt Ryan, but he's got to – this is where you build your name. got to start making a name for yourself. He did say that. He's 0-2 with three touchdowns and four interceptions in two games. One of those games as a one seed at home. Yeah. Yep. So, got to see something. Now, Bengals. 
Texans. Wild Card Weekend on Fox. Chomp, 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 chomp. What? How did this happen? I don't think they're on Fox, though. I know. They'll be on CBS because it's the AFC game. No, how did they'll this... be on NBC. Right. How did this happen, Brian? Well, it happened the it happened because everybody else in the AFC lost, so the Bengals backed in. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, the a- the AFC South was not a very good division, and Houston yeah. won. Right. And I mean, they won that division without Schaub and Andre Johnson for most of the year. Yeah. And Peyton Manning got hurt. Bingo. And Peyton Manning got hurt. Bingo bango. They win. <laughs> um. And Tennessee you, was just not good enough. Who do you like in that game? I don't like either team, to be honest with you. Well, they're not going to cancel the game, Brian. No, they're not. They're going to play the game and put forth an effort. I'm gonna. I I, I think I like Cincinnati. I like the Texans. You do. I think they'll be able to run the ball enough, and I think Andre Johnson uh, is going to play 45, 50 plays. Gives uh, TJ, don't call me Tyler Yates, Met fans. Uh, you know, the opportunity to, to make a couple of plays. He doesn't seem like he's a rattled kid. I don't know. I mean, he's going against another kid that can be rattled too. So, I mean, they're a heartbeat away from Jeff Garcia in this game. <laughs> and the presidency, but also <laughs> Jeff Garcia. <laughs> I think they're closer to the presidency than they are to Jeff Garcia. Not not Jake Delholm? Uh, oh, actually, it would be Delholm is the, is the two and Jeff Garcia is the three. So they're two heartbeats away. <laughs> wow. And one of those heartbeats is Jake Delhomme. Is <laughs> Jake Del thirty nine year old Jake Delhomme? Right. So it's it, that heartbeat is faint at best. <laughs> uh, what about the uh, the Broncos? If you're Ooh. the Bron- if you're the Broncos, do you start Brady Quinn this week? <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, you can't. He talked about it, did he not? He mentioned it, but he he can't. He can't start Brady Quinn. He's got to start Tebow. But yes. I think I think the jig is up. With uh, with Mr. Tebow, yeah, it could be. I think teams are on to him. I think Pittsburgh is a smart defensive team that yeah. game plan for Tebow. I mean, they're they're banged up, but, but and no Mendenhall right in this game. No, Mendenhall is out for the for the playoffs towards ACL. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. But they could, you know, the Broncos could keep this game close. That's a tough place to play, Brian. It's a that's you know that's what I was gonna say. It's a tough place to play, and those fans are are a little wacky out there with this whole Tebow thing this year. Mm-hmm. So it it could it, there's there's some intangibles at play here. I think that, I think you can't argue that Pittsburgh is the better team, but no, you know, no, it, no it, one it, can argue that. I mean, nobody, talk about right. talk about backing into the playoffs. See, this is what okay. I have to get this off my chest. I'm not ripping the media. But this drives me crazy. Yesterday in the Tannenbaum Francesca interview, I'm going to bring it up. I'm sorry, Bri. (sighs) Lastly, in the Tannenbaum interview, Francesca said seven times, you haven't even won a division. Right. And as as a point of – and his point was – actually, I'm going to credit him. His point was, you guys hang your hat too much on the two AFC championship games. Okay. I mean, I mean, meanwhile, other teams get to hang their hat on whatever they want. But that's another point. <laughs> you guys hang your hat way too much on it, and you know, you've never even won a division. I mean, you've never even won a division. You've never won a division, and you've never even won a division. Uh-huh. And Tannenbaum had a great answer, and that was, "I'm not hanging my hat on it. It means nothing." 
your old friend Bill Parcell said, you start every season zero and zero. Right. And we're going to start next season zero. And we went eight and eight. It wasn't good enough. We're going to start next season zero and zero. But enough with winning a division. Enough. It means – it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It's not proof of a great team. It's not proof that you had a great season. Hey, what was Denver's record? Eight and eight. What was Seattle's record last year? Seven and nine. There you go. The defense rests. Exactly. That, that's exactly. So you're going to tell me that the Broncos are a great team because they wanted they won their division? Hey, guess what? The Broncos were eight and five, lost their last three games. The Jets were eight and five, lost their last three games. Right. But because they won a division, they're a great team, and the Jets were the disaster of the year. If they because they won their division, that they can hang their hat on. Right. Not not, not a trip to the AFC Championship game two years in a row. No, no. Not winning in the playoffs. Backing into a division title is what you should hang your hat on. Such nonsense. That's baloney. Uh, who do you like? In the, you like the Steelers in that game? Yeah, I like I like the Steelers big. Uh, really? Yeah. I'm going to go opposite. You ready? What? I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I got to go Han Solo on you. How? How could you have a bit? Ooh. Uh, because I watched that San Francisco uh, Pittsburgh game. You keep reference that you had a lot on the line in it. I did have so. I did have a lot fantasy wise on the line. That was probably the closest non jet game you watched this year. Absolutely. Right? That you Hands had down. Undivided interest in. Undivided attention, watched every snap. Yeah. With a laptop in front of me. Even right. though well, I had I, I had the point calculations figured out. <laughs> no, but I, I was I, I'm telling you, I was not that impressed with this version of the Steelers. I really wasn't. All right. Now, Their again, defense. Well, but they played a, but they played a bad offensive team, and they still lost. And they still lost. <laughs> and they played a bad offensive team that can only do two things, and they still lost. Right, but Denver. Denver and they, and they lost. Even, they lost handily. Denver is an even worse offensive team than San Francisco. Absolutely, but it's on the road. Very, very difficult place to play. I mean, when does Denver, other than by the Patriots, get blown out in Denver? They don't. I just think he could keep it close because he likes the big moment. I think he could keep it close. <laughs> All right. Well, I disagree. I could see Pittsburgh winning this game 19-17. Do you see Pittsburgh leading 19-17? Or let, let's know. It can't be 19-17. Let's say they're leading 19-14. And Tebow gets the last drive of the game. Do you see that happening? No. You don't? No, I could see Pittsburgh being down. Okay. You know, 17-16, something stupid. Oh, and then they come back. Pittsburgh needing to win a – needing to kick a field goal to win it. And, of course, 65-yard field goals are possible. That's that's true, yeah. Matt Prater's got to be the weirdest looking – I mean (laughs) – with the with the seventies porn star mustache and yeah, <laughs> everything is just weird out there. Not a that great, whole that whole scene is just it's a scene bizarre, <laughs> right? It's a scene, and 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 we heard we just heard enough about it this year. Yeah, it's like enough, just enough. Let me ask. Go ahead. No, I said the party's over. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> when you complete nine passes. Uh, over your last like three games, 
<laughs> All losses. <laughs> and, and I loved Elway's advice. Did you see Elway's advice? <laughs> well, he's he's got to let it rip. Yep. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks a pant load there. You lost. You 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 had a must win game to get you into the playoffs, and you lost seven three to the Chiefs. <laughs> and a quarterback that they brought in two weeks ago. Right. Hey, play that play that clip next week after the Broncos destroy the Steelers. <laughs> That's right. That's now, right. Cue that one up. I'm totally gonna cue that up next week after, after the Broncos win thirty eight to three. Here, yeah. cue this one up. Hey, Broncos, you're a joke. You can't win on Sunday, all right? Or Saturday, whatever you're playing. You're going Rocky style there. You went a little Adrian. A little bit. Uh, well, you know what time it is, Bri? No. Time for a fun By the way, Saints all also blow out the line. Blow them out. We didn't talk about them. Was there anything to talk about that? Blow them out. Nothing to see here. Move on. Fun. Fun. That's, it's time for the ready to unload fun load brought to you by Schnitzel. Have you had Schnitzel, Brian? Uh. I don't think I have. Good schnitzel, I'm talking. Yeah, I've had strudel, not schnitzel. Okay. There's a schnitzel place. I'm not even making this up. There's a schnitzel place by my office. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see that show Food Truck Wars or whatever? On uh... Sure have. Right. There was a food truck, a schnitzel and things food truck that got uh-huh. really popular and they did, you know, Food Network stuff on it. And so they opened up a store or, you know, a place up on Third uh, Avenue there. And uh, right by my office, good schnitzel. Yeah. What What are the things though? Schnitzel, schnitzel and things. What? They, you have uh, your spatzel, your 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 uh, spackle, your uh, beets and sauerkraut. Nice, good Ooh. sauerkraut. Oh, modern, good sauerkraut. I love good sauerkraut. Place. Beets, I could do without. It's a good place. So you like uh, New Orleans in a route? In a route. And Jim Schwartz, who really just looks like a douche, really does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you know, you, you, listen, that that is uh, Rex Ryan part two in a couple of years when that thing goes south. Oh, yeah. Right? Jim Schwartz went and changed the culture, turned them into a bunch of goons. Right. <laughs> right? Wait till they go uh, six and ten next year. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna turn on him too sweet. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the fun load tonight, I wanted to do our 2012 uh, sports New Year's resolutions. New Year's sports, how would you do that? New Year's uh, resolutions? New Year's, uh, well, well, explain the concept again. Okay, so everybody makes New Year's resolutions. I'm going to shed 20 pounds. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to read more. Um, we we want to make sports resolutions. resolutions I'm going to learn about... Chinese. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, uh, resolutions <laughs> about sports. Okay. So our New Year's res. What do we resolve to do this year when it comes to sports? Whether it be oh. watching, 
Oh, well, I, I, I get it. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't following. Okay. I really thought we were going to tie it into real resolutions as we did at the top. Well, let me give you my let me give you my first one. Go ahead. I resolve, and I talked about this a little bit already. I resolve to not take the rivalries of my teams as serious as I have in the past. Okay. To to not be a hater. I think that's fair. It's going to be very difficult, given the season that the Metropolitans are probably going to have, to not lash out at the Yankees. But uh, life is too short. I am going to make that resolution. Right. right? So now give me one. Well, I just, I just want to I wanna be clear. The first time you passive-aggressively make a comment to Dr. E. Ray about, oh, yeah, you're the Yankees. Great. Good job. Of, of course, you can go get Felix Fernandez. Right. You know, right. If that does, that's not part of that's you're not going to do that this year. Absolutely not. That sh- that's part of the resolution. I should not do that this year. That's you. Okay. Good. 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 All right. Now you give me one. Let me give you a resolution. Uh, I am. I resolve to stop being so negative about my teams that I feel like all hope is lost forever. In my life, this is huge. Because, yeah, because I I tend to uh, I I tend to give zero benefit of the doubt to any of the teams right now. You don't have Whether to it, tell me, Doctor. Uh, yeah, I I know I know you and 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 I I sometimes find you are taking the uh, head in the clouds approach that everything is all lollipops and then <laughs> meadow brooks and stepping <laughs> along and you know and and, and, and shortcakes. Yeah, you know, balloons, my buddies, my buddy dolls, pigtails, everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh sometimes I feel like you get that way, but but you don't. You just you hang you like to hang your hopes on something. So your resolution involves me somehow. A little bit. No, I'm just I I think you have inspired me. That's 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 where my resolution comes I from. See. I think I I feel a little inspired to not be so Debbie Downer about my teams. Wah, wah. You know, Rick DiPietro got hurt again while he's on injured reserve. Right, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, right. of course he did. Okay. Just did, go away. Did, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a. Did he huh? really? Oh, he did. Yeah, they sent him. He he traveled with them, and then they sent him home for further tests. Wait, when did this happen? It just happened. They they went. He traveled to Carolina. Where were they? Carolina. Yeah. Traveled to Carolina, and uh, before they went out west, they sent him home with a lower body injury Uh-oh. to be examined. He's on he's in, he's on IR right now. So your uh, so your first resolution is going to be tested immediately. It's already been tested. That's- you know what else has been tested? I um, this is traditionally the most depressing time of the year, of the calendar year. Sure, the holidays are over. Yep, there's not a lot to look forward to. Nope. You're really settling into like here, you know, here in New York at least, three months of just gray coldness, very cold, right? Um, and in the past, it was always like, well, yeah, but you know, six weeks till spring training, pitchers and catchers, six weeks. <laughs> and uh, yesterday, that thought occurred to me. Oh, pitchers and catchers in six weeks. 
And I and then I read a tweet and I remembered that my closer is Frank Francisco. That's correct. This year. Or John Roush. You don't know what's going to happen. Or John Roush. But the whole point is that, you know, we don't really even have that. And the last thing I'll say on this resolution, my brother-in-law says this all the time. And he, 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 he maintains a positive outlook or he at least doesn't let it get to him as much. He says it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And he has said that for years. Whenever I would go, especially like when the Mets made the playoffs and they and, and they lost, or the Islanders never make the playoffs, or the Jets lose, he, he always tells me it's about the journey. You know, find the, the positives and and the fun that you have along the way. He's a Mets season ticket holder, a proud full season ticket holder of the Mets, even now, because he loves the game. And he loves going, and he just he enjoys the journey. So I'm going to try to take a little bit more of that approach this year. I like it. Wow! So this puts you in the gym like this week. Yeah, I'm, and then I'm, I'm there. Right. This this has you ripping the Islanders to shreds in what six weeks? Right. Yeah. Next week I will be uh, sitting with a pint of Hagen Dazs, <laughs> ripping up my uh, my right. baseball cards. Right. There's uh there's clothes hanging all over the right the elliptical machine that you bought. I haven't shaved in a week. Right. Uh I, I have another resolution for you. you another one. Cool. Yes. Well I already resolved not to buy any Met merchandise this year. You at, did or go to a Met game. Right. As long as the Wilpons own the team, I've decided to occupy the Wilpons and not uh give them any money. You are the 99%. That's correct. Uh, and, P- and PJ and I have given you till Memorial Day. That's correct. PJ actually only gave me till May 1st. You gave me to Memorial Day. Okay. Uh, I still resolve to do that. Okay. I am going to resolve. I resolve to, to boycott any merchandise buying as long as the Wilpons own the team. I'm going to add another resolution when it comes to the Mets. I'm going to enjoy David Wright's last three months. <laughs> As a Met, so that's that would be the first three months of the season. That's correct. All right, so he'll be gone this year by the trading deadline. I expect him to be gone. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to really enjoy watching David Wright uh, for his last few months as a Met. That's one of my resolutions. Like more than usual, like cherish it. Cherish. Okay. It. Okay. So that's another one for me. Okay. You got another one there. I, you took on two very big resolutions. I did, yeah, I did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scale back on this next one. I, I'm looking to play more <laughs> golf this year. All right, that's like a sports it. resolution, right? I like it. I like it a lot. I'd like to, I'd like to get out there, play a little more golf. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one at you. I resolve to watch more college sports. Ooh. So that means you got to you. Did you watch the Orange Bowl last night? No. <laughs> no. Starting now. That's correct. Hey, right. look, I got I got the whole year. Yeah, but you also have the national championship on Monday. Yeah, it's a good time to start. Yeah, the, I think you'd have to. Otherwise, that you that would be considered a failure. No, At the end of the no year, chance, no chance I'm going to be able to watch that game on Monday night. No chance. At the end of the year, when we when we say, "Hey, how did you do on your resolution to watch more college sports? Did you watch the uh, national championship for football? 
<laughs> oh, that know? that little thing? Oh, that one. No, I didn't say, you know, the big games. More college sports. Are you talking college basketball, football, whatever it may be. Just watch a game every once in a while. All right. Uh, that's one of my resolutions. I, I want to try it. People seem to like it. And I'm not yeah. having any success with my professional rooting interests. <laughs> we we didn't get to uh, – we got to do it next week. Or, you know, or maybe do another – maybe we'll do another podcast this weekend or something, Cal, like a special RTU or something because I really want to talk about this, this uh, you know, terrible epidemic. It's not, not an epidemic. But that's the wrong word. But this terrible trend yeah. um, where visiting fans – and it started – I mean, it started years ago. But, uh, you know, the, these high-profile – more high-profile cases with the guy outside of Dodger Stadium. Uh, was it Dodger Stadium? Giant yeah, fans, giant fans, right? Outside of Dodger Stadium, you know these these people getting be, and we we have touched on it on the show, but maybe we need like a special episode or something. I really want to talk about this. It's it it goes along with one of my resolutions. That's why I bring it up. Oh, that, okay. That, that rivalry idea. You know what I mean? Like it's sports, right? right. It's sports. Take it too seriously. I said to myself after the giant game, the Jet Giant game and stuff, like that sucked. Don't get me wrong, it sucked. I desperately wanted to beat the Giants. You know, as a Jet fan, I desperately wanted the Jets to win, but it's not the end of the world. And I I would have come to the same conclusion had the Jets won the game and not made the playoffs the next week anyway. Whatever. Right. It's not the end of the world. It's just sports. You know, life is too short to get in a fist fight at a football game. Or golf. Right. You know, heavens forbid, get injured or permanently injured, or you know, you know, it's it's much less that it's too short to to be in a bad mood. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, because because I'll I'll be honest with you, the first hour of Christmas Eve was ruined for me. Ruined. I was miser I was miserable. Thankfully, I was on a plane, you know, well. <laughs> completing my trip to Dallas or from Dallas to Austin. Right. And the flight was delayed. I mean, that was like the best thing that could have happened. I got into a great conversation with a, a guy on the flight from Dallas to Austin, and he was a really great guy, and it was about baseball. It wasn't about football. Right. And uh, he saved Christmas. He may have saved Christmas. He was claymation, which was weird. <laughs> and then he disappeared. That's correct. He was <laughs> a lot like a snowman, and he was made of clay. When you went to tell somebody... And introduce him, he was gone. That's right. His name was Rankin Bass. Which is <laughs> weird. I thought that was like, wow, that's a weird name. Yeah. But uh, no, he saved, he saved Christmas. But no, I, I do. Maybe we need like a special episode over the weekend. Maybe we'll do like a late night uh, yeah. hour or something like just that. Yeah, like outside the lines. Exactly. RTU, outside the lines. I like it. Hey, Cal, before uh, we go, because we're running out of time. Yeah. Um I did a uh I did this for PJ. Today is PJ's birthday. Pop culture PJ wasn't able to join us tonight. His wife, lovely wife, Christine, otherwise known as Tina, Christina, uh was taking him out to dinner. So I found this and I was really going to play this for him, but we'll play it now. You ready? Okay.
happy birthday to Paul Cachopo. Uh, oh, I, you know how long it took me to find that, but I found it. Oh wow, an MP3 version of that. It's pretty good, right? That's great. Uh, well, that is all the time we have, my brother. Best. It did. Excellent episode. Thanks for joining us. Episode 301. You can check out the podcast of this episode on blogtalkradio.com on our homepage. Uh, Cal Final Unload. Happy New Year to everybody and happy birthday, PJ. We missed you tonight. Same, same, same here. We'll see you next week, same time. Enjoy the playoffs this weekend, everybody. Never heard variety.